0: One. I woke to find the bed shaking. Somewhere in the house glass came crashing down, and on the street car alarms went off and dogs wailed. The bed lurched back and forth like a raft in the squall. The floorboard seemed to rise like a wave beneath it, and for one surreal second I thought I heard the earth roar before I recognized the noise as the pounding of my heart. My stomach churned and fear banished every thought except, get out, and then it stopped, the bed slamming to the ground, a glass falling in another room. Outside, the car alarm still shrilled, the dogs whimpered, and the frantic voices of my neighbors called out to another, are you okay, are you okay? I sat up against the headboard and drew deep breaths. My heartbeat slowly returned to normal, but I became aware that someone else was in the room, I reached for the lamp, but the power was out. "'Who's there?' I called out. My eyes accustomed themselves to the darkness, but I could not see anyone among the familiar shapes of the room, yet I was sure someone was there, hovering at the foot of the bed, watching me. It moved, and then a great wash of emotion passed over me. Sadness. Relief. Regret. I felt them, but they were not my feelings. I reached out my hand, but there was nothing. The room began to rattle, shaken by an aftershock. It lasted only a few seconds, and when it was over, I was alone again. I hopped out of bed and ran into the closet door. The blow stunned, then focused me. Think, I commanded myself. Clothes? Shoes? Flashlight? Get outside. I pulled on some clothes and headed for the kitchen for the flashlight. The usual hum of appliances was stilled. Glass crunched beneath my feet as I crossed the room to the small pantry, where I found the flashlight in a utility drawer. I shot a beam of light across the kitchen. The cupboards had swung open, cans and boxes spilling out of them. The refrigerator had been knocked a couple of feet from the wall. I was suddenly very thirsty, and I opened the refrigerator to find its contents spilled and shaken. I drank some orange juice out of the carton and thought of Josh alone in his apartment. I picked up the phone, but, as I had expected, the line was dead. I got out of the house. The street where I lived ran along the east rim of a small canyon in the hills above Old Hollywood. On maps of the city, it was a curving line off Bronson Canyon Drive, hard to find and seldom traveled. My house, like other houses on the block, dated back to the thirties, but unlike them, possessed no particular architectural distinction. It was down a few steps from the street, behind a low hedge, the bland stucco wall revealing little of the life that went on there. I'd bought the house when I'd moved to Los Angeles from San Francisco seven years ago, and I'd lived there with my lover, Josh Mandel. Now I lived alone, Josh having left me thirteen months earlier for another man who, like Josh, had AIDS. It was Josh's belief that because of this, Stephen could understand him in ways that were inaccessible to someone like me, who was uninfected, but then Stephen died and Josh's own health began to deteriorate. I would gladly have taken him back, but he insisted on living on his own. Still we'd had something of a reconciliation, drawn back together by memories of our shared life, and the impending end of his. As I closed the door behind me I considered driving to West Hollywood to check up on him but I doubted whether I would get that far. The quake had undoubtedly knocked out traffic signals and the roads would be filled with panicked motorists and nervous cops. I remembered the spooky presence in my bedroom and wondered anxiously if it had been Josh, but that was absurd. It had been nothing more than a trauma-induced hallucination, a momentary projection of my terror."